Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today, I want to talk about gambling addiction. I was just in Vegas and I was noticing how many commercials I was watching the, the football game. I'm a big football fan. I'm from Chicago. My Bears did not make it into the playoff playoffs, but I was noticing how many betting commercials were aired during one football game. And not only how many commercials were aired uh, for like these different sports betting apps, but also the celebrities attached, A-list celebrities from Jamie Foxx to John Cena, um, not Jason Momoa. Um, There's like a number of uh, A-list celebrities who are endorsing Kevin Hart, these uh, sports betting apps. So I was like, I know these guys command millions of dollars, at least three to five, maybe even 10 million for some of them. And I was like, if they are commanding that much money, they're making all of these commercials, how much money are people gambling with? How much, like, and I talked to somebody, they're like, it's a trillion dollar over a trillion dollar industry. It's so huge, especially now that more states are starting to legalize it. And you have people now really interested in buying uh, uh, these different professional teams because of the betting and the money that can be made with it. And I'm like, there's no way that I would even want to download an app to play, even if I had the money. I was talking to a friend of mine and I asked him because he's been gambling in person and uh, through the apps, how long he's been doing it. He's like for decades, <coughs> excuse me. And I asked him like, are you up? Are you down? Because he, he bets on everything all the time. And he's like, no, I'm definitely down. Like I'm, I'm not even close to breaking even, but he goes, but I'm betting with money that I can bet with like my house and my kids, everything's taken care of, but I've definitely have, I'm down, I'm down. Um, but he said it just makes the game exciting for him. That's that's why he does it. I think also a lot of people gamble because uh, the movies that I, at least that I grew up with they romanticize gambling. You look at Casino that was made in in, in ninety five with uh, Martin Scorsese. It just glamorized the, this dangerous world of Las Vegas casinos and all the you know it was so sexy and and fun and action-packed and who doesn't want to be a part of that who doesn't want to be standing around a table with their boys and you know some beautiful woman and uh, you know making money I mean that's that's what they show they show the people making money and winning and not only are they winning they're winning big and when they win big they're getting the high fives and everybody loves them uh you know rounders that came out with Matt Damon that was another movie. It was it was very intense, and it, it just made it look sexy. It made it look well. That you know that was a movie that made it look cool. It was like yeah, like Casino was was very glossy. It was like the ocean, like Ocean's Eleven, right? Where it was like cool and slick, and then Rounders was like kind of this grimy uh, gambling movie. And so there was there's so many movies that portray gambling and the upside of it. Occasionally, you know, in every gambling movie, you see a guy get worked over. 
But the main guy, the main character in any of these movies always came out on top, which, you know, goes against what we all know. House always wins, right? There's a quote that said, the sure get gambling is a sure way of getting nothing for something. And that's from William Misner, right? You're getting nothing. At the end of the day, you, you stay at that table long enough, you walk away with nothing. And it's for something, right? Because that something is your time and it's your money, right? You're giving away your money, your time, your energy, your effort, your dreams, your hopes, your the dreams of maybe your family, right? Like you're you're getting nothing for something. Um, and 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 the house is getting that something. So I, I know for a lot of us, um, we could be in denial about gambling. I, for me, I think um, my gambling was early on. I remember I used to gamble in the stock market. I, I thought I could outwit the S&P 500, the index funds. I can, I can pick a winner, right? We all, we all feel like that. Oh, I got, the, I got the inside scoop. I know what to do here. And we don't. I, I lost. I remember losing two grand in college, and I and I worked so hard. I saved so long for that two thousand, and then lost it all in the stock market. It, it was um, it was a lesson that I'm glad I learned early. And even I remember going to the Vegas Bowl. I played at Ball State. Uh, I was a defensive tackle there, and we got to go to the Vegas Bowl uh, in Vegas, obviously. And I remember I lost all my money the first night. They gave us $300 as a stipend for the week for seven days. And I was up uh, $700. And then I went back to my room and then I let my buddy talk me back into going down to the tables. And that's where I lost every single penny. And it was, I, I, it took me forever to make the money. And then I lost it all in like minutes. And to this day, I remember the pain of that. And it was so painful. I think I've only gambled once or twice on roulette. Never again. Never again. So some of us, you know, we, we have a, a gambling addiction. So how do we know? What, what are the signs, right? We have a, if we have a preoccupation with gambling, just constantly thinking about past gambling experiences or, or planning the next gambling session, you know, like you find yourself uh revolving your life around gambling like every like you're scheduling everything so that you can can hit the slots or the tables or what have you right you just it's on your mind of what you can do better and you're trying to tweak it and 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 fix it and think oh i got it this time right and then also uh the other sign is like a loss of control that inability to stop or reduce gambling even when attempts have been made to do so so you've tried to stop you recognize this is a problem i need to stop and you can't do it it's almost like me with cookies right i'm like this is a problem i can't stop i need help and then i got help and um i, I could say i haven't had a cookie in uh in like maybe years that's wild uh i shouldn't have jinxed let me knock on wood there um and then the third sign is ch we're chasing our losses like you're trying to recoup previous gambling losses by betting more money, leading to a cycle of increased risk. Remember, the house always wins. 
So the, the idea that we can chase a loss is almost like when we're trying to make up for sleep, like oh, I'm going to catch up on my sleep. You can't catch up. If you haven't, if you've only slept like two hours a night for the past week, you're not catching up on, you know, the, the hundred hours that you missed out on. So this idea that we can uh, chase down our loss, that's where we get in trouble. You got to cut your losses, right? And you see that, see that in gambling movies. There's always one person who's like, let's cut our losses and get out of here. And then they don't do it. And then you know you have a gambling addiction when you're lying about gambling, right? The, the missus, she calls you and she's like, where are you? And you're like, um, I'm at the grocery store. And you're like, you know, hitting the slots or, or throwing the dice. <laughs> so when you're lying about it, you know you got a problem. If you're lying about anything you're doing, then you might, you might be addicted to it, right? Uh, for myself, I know sometimes I lie about some of the snacks. What you been eating? Don't worry about what, what I've been snacking on. Um, and then, you know, you have a gambling addiction if you run into financial problems, right? If, if you're starting to borrow money uh, from friends or family or you're borrowing money against the house, right? Uh, you're resorting to these different measures. I could tell you when I lost that 700, I was, I was legit thinking about robbing people. I was like, no, not robbing because, you know, that involves a weapon, but like, you know, snatching a purse or stealing chips, something. I mean, I just couldn't believe how quickly I was like, who is this? Who is this person? And I never want to go back there again. So, uh, but financial problems, which, you know, also leads to emotional distress. You start feeling irritable, anxious, restless, especially when you're not gambling. It's like, if I'm not doing this now, I got it. <laughs> What's funny is, I feel irritable, anxious, and restless when I'm not, if I don't journal, right? I need to, I need to be writing my thoughts, my emotions. I need to be emptying out what's going on on the inside at all times or else I start to feel uh, that emotional distress. And then you know you have a gambling addiction. If you start neglecting your responsibilities, right, either at work or work around the house, with family, you're missing dinner, you're missing uh, the plays and rehearsals, you're not picking the kids up when you said you would, um, maybe not even brushing your teeth, you're, you're just, your you're hygiene, you're kind of letting go. I had a friend, his uh, boyfriend would gamble with diapers on so he wouldn't have to get up from the table and uh, he was missing a couple fingers. That's how serious his gambling was, right? And then, you know, lastly, the last sign is when you start having legal and social consequences, that's when you know you have a gambling addiction. That's right. When you start facing legal issues or strained relationships with family and friends, probably because you're not paying them back, or you're just not showing up for anything, that's when you know you get arrested for gambling because maybe you're cheating or maybe you stole money so you can go gamble. When you start going down that road, you know that, uh, you know, and it's not your fault. This is not about, you know, it's not about blaming or pointing a finger. There are reasons why gambling is so addictive, right? Um, it part, it partly is it rewards our activation system, our, that those neurotransmitters, you throw the dice, the, the lights, the, the cheering, the, the sound, like it releases dopamine. Even if you win, you could have lost 
$1,000, but if you win $2, dopamine release. And, and just that $2, it gives you just enough hope to keep you sitting there and be like, okay, all right, maybe this is the start of something. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win it back, right? Chasing the losses. Um, and then it, all it does is it just re-triggers that, that positive response that, okay, if I stay here long enough, something's got to happen. So you go, someone's got to win this money, right? You, you know that the machine pays out. You know someone's going to walk away uh, beating the house. Why not me? That's how we start thinking, right? Why not me? Um, and then the other reason why gambling can be addictive is the unpredictable nature of gambling in outcomes, especially in games of chance like slot machines, creates a variable reinforcement schedule. This unpredictability enhances the excitement and can lead to compulsive behavior as individuals chase the next win. I mean, that is powerful. Think about that unpredictable nature of gambling outcomes. So here's what's cool about that. On the flip side, if we can somehow create unpredictability in our positive reinforcement in our in our natural life, that will keep us on a treadmill of doing it. So, you know, for instance, working out. Don't listen to the same playlist or music or what have don't reward yourself in the same way every time. That's not unpredictable. Remember, a part of what makes gambling addictive is the unpredictability. Isn't that isn't that fascinating? Because I'm gonna guess that we all want certainty in our lives. No one wants unpredictability. No one's ever said, I want things to be unpredictable. No, we typically want certainty. We want to know what the house is gonna is this gonna be fun? Like your friend invites you to a party. Is it going to be fun? Who's going to be there? We try to make it as predictable as possible. So we can use this, this idea of variable reinforcement to keep us on track for the things that we want to do. So this idea of, uh, I remember watching Jennifer Lopez rewarding herself with a cookie every day. And it's like, that works for her. But, I, if, but if, you, in a, if you're an addict, you need unpredictability. That's what's going to keep you on track. You you need to be like, oh, maybe today I'll get a cookie. Maybe not. Warren Buffett has this built in where his um, it's been said, right? I read his book. It's not in his book. But it's been said that his wife would give him so much money in the morning for breakfast at McDonald's. And the amount that she gave him would determine what he would get at McDonald's because they knew exactly what everything was. So she gave him two two dollars and thirteen cents. He knew he could get the the egg muffin. If she gave him three dollars and eighteen cents, he knew he could get the the pancakes, eggs, and bacon. Like whatever that was. So it was variable reinforcement. How can you apply that to your life, right? And, and you know, maybe I'll do a whole episode on that. Maybe I have. You know, I'm, we're like five years in. I don't remember <laughs> what I've shared. Um, and then other reason why it's addictive is it's, it's an escape. It's an escape. Like I, you know, I love escape rooms, but, uh, it's a coping mechanism, right? It, it, it allows us to escape from stress, anxiety, and negative emotions. Uh, you know, th- there are other ways to escape. There are other ways to cope 
with stress, anxiety, and negative emotions. And we've done episodes on that. You could just type that in there. But but just recognize that, is it that I want to gamble or am I running away from something? And am I running away from something that's, that's dangerous? Or do I just feel like I'm under attack? Am I literally uh, being threatened? Uh, being Am I under siege? Or do I just feel like it? And if I just take a breath, slow down, I'd recognize I'm actually safe and secure, right? And then you have the, the socialization and peer influence of gambling, right? You, you're gambling with your friends. Uh, it might be a, a way of social bonding. And, you know, you, you think about poker night that, <coughs> excuse me, that you see in movies. It, it seems like, oh, yeah, yeah, this, this is what guys do. We have poker night or, or gin or whatever the night is or even bingo. Bingo is a way of gambling. So it's a way of social bonding. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as, um, you know, you're not <laughs> – you're not betting it. You're not barring against the house to to go gamble, right? So just being aware of what's driving you. And then there's also, like, the illusion of control. It's just like, oh, I got the dice in my hands. I'm throwing the dice. I'm going to make it roll whatever I want it to roll, or I'm going to make the cards fall the way I want to. Like, it, it, we have this idea that we have more control in our life than we really do. And, and we don't, we don't. And then the last thing that contributes to it is, and, uh, and you know, we can go down the list forever, is uh, there are genetic and neurological factors that play a role in addictive behaviors, right? Some of us um, just have this biological makeup where we need a bit more um, uncertainty, unpredictability in our lives to feel something, to feel alive. But there's so many different ways that, that we can create that in our lives besides gambling, right? It's like I heard, um, I forget his name, but he's, a, he's an artist and, and he was gambling with everything and, and doing drugs and, um, you know, uh, sleeping around. And he talked about it wasn't about uh, winning for him. It was about feeling something extreme. He needed to to take things to the extreme to feel anything. He just wants to feel anything. He said if he was down 10,000, great, because then that made, because then he anticipated um, winning was going to feel that much better. <coughs> so whether he was really up or really down, both of those um, triggered some, some level of excitement within him. When you're up, you're excited because you won. When you're down, you're excited over the anticipation of winning. So it, it, emotionally, it was kind of a win-win. He said where he didn't want to be was in the middle where you're feeling nothing, right? Um, so there's so many ways of feeling something, you know, from taking a cold bath and, and all those. But let's get into the treatment side. So how do we, if we have a, a gambling addiction and we recognize it, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, has been found to be useful, right? So where we're looking at what are your thought processes, what are your behaviors, what are your systems? Um, and, and, and when you go into this, don't think that one session or 12 sessions is going to be enough. Uh, you know, nine times out of 10, you've been doing this for decades in, in some form or fashion. So when we walk into therapy, 
it's not an immediate, it's not like getting a, a, a root canal or uh, a back massage where you go, oh, yeah, I feel better already. Now, you will feel better after the first session because it, it's new, right? Once again, we, we love the novelty of things, and that's going to release something. And also, it gives us a sense that we are doing something. We're taking control of our life, and that can be uh, empowering and make us feel good. But, but don't mistake feeling better for being better. It will take um, years, right? Because what happens is we start to feel better, and maybe we stop gambling, but there's still all the damage that we've done um, that now we have to repair, right? So the war is over, the war of gambling. We're not gambling anymore. We're not, we're not you know, being bombarded with missiles and IEDs and there's no more gunfire, but but now we have emerged and now we have to re, rebuild the roads, the the and the connections and the bridges and all those things back to our family, to our work, to our community, right? So it's not it's not a, a quick fix. It's going to take years to from that road to to not just recovery but to rebuild, right? Um, and then support groups, that's a great way to, to get treatment. Some people, you know, aren't comfortable with a one-on-one or don't have the time. So support groups, being in a room with other people who have similar stories to share and seeing that other people have been where you are and so that you know that you're not alone in what you're experiencing, but also you get to see the other side. You get to see people who have been sober uh, for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years and how they're doing it and, and, and see how they still have struggles in their life and challenges is just not the same as it was before. Um, also getting financial counseling, right? See a financial counselor because chances are uh, you, you have debt and now you're trying to figure out how to get out of it. So f- talking to a financial counselor as to how you can rep- uh, you know, repair your credit and <laughs> you know, get your house back or you know, uh, whatever that involves, but how you can become more responsible with your money management skills. And then there's also obviously medication. Medication is always on the table. I don't take any medication, but I am definitely pro-medication. I know enough people who are successful and thriving and, and, and being able to move forward because of medication. I also have heard horror stories, so I've heard both. So it's really about you deciding for you um, what route you want to take. But just know that there are medications to kind of treat those underlying, whether, you know, uh, disorders of, uh, it was bipolar or borderline or, um, or depression, whatever your, your ADHD, you know, medication may help you to reduce the impulse of uh, going to gamble and that compulsion. And then, you know, lastly, a lifestyle change, right? There are self-exclusion programs. I, I did an episode on this uh, not too long ago. And the self-exclusion program is where you recognize you have a gambling addiction problem, and then you can put yourself on a list so that the casinos will not let you in to gamble. There's a list for that. Yeah, I, I had no idea. A lot of uh, uh, 
online platforms and uh, establishments, they have these uh, uh, programs where you put your name on and you go, do not let me gamble. And then they, you can't. You can't log in. You can't walk in or any of those things. So there, And they have that with guns also. So there's ways to, and they don't have it in every state. So, you know, check with your state or your country and see if they have that available. But there's a way for you to exclude yourself from ever walking into those places or ever logging on to those sites. Um, I, you know, I'm fortunate that that's not my, um, my vice. You know, mine is around food for the most part. It, it, if it's financial, it's, you know, me just buying too many books. <laughs> Often look at my book collection. I go, how much money <laughs> if I had invest, if I had put this in a, in a, in an ETF or index fund or, uh, bought, uh, some crypto like 10 years ago, what, what would all these books be worth? But I tell you, I love my books. I'm very grateful for them. I want to leave you with a quote. In the journey of overcoming gambling addiction, the key is to change the game within yourself. Rewrite the narrative, seek support, and build a life where every bet is on your own well-being. End quote. I hope that you find a way to change the game within yourself. That's where the real, that's where the real gamble is, right? This is where we talk about betting on ourselves, betting on the life that we really want and, and betting on the work that we have to do. You know, um, there, there's a, another quote that talks about we seek so much to soothe ourselves, you know, whether through addiction or, um, drugs, but really we should be seeking to challenge and surprise ourselves. So find a, another way to surprise yourself. So instead of hoping that the game surprises you or that the win surprises you, find a way for you to surprise yourself and, and challenge yourself, you know, through language, through activity, through sports, through conversation. There's so many ways to do it. Um, where you're not compromising yourself financially, emotionally, socially, relationally, or physically. Um, I appreciate you taking a gamble while listening to this episode. And uh, <laughs> I, try, I tried to like do a smooth segue there. Did you see that? Um, if, if there was anything in this episode that you took delight in, that you enjoyed, that you found value in, take seven seconds and share this episode with one other person, just one, and, 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 and tell them why. Tell them what it was. What were part of this that really stood out with you? You know, when I send my friends um, links, I don't just send them the link. I send them why I think, you know, what I love. Like if I send them an article, I'll send them like three quick bullet points from the article that I'm like, ah, this is why I think you, you'd enjoy this. You know, if I send them a, a song, I'd be like, hey, remember that time we were talking about? This song reminds me of that. So send them, just don't send people links. Send them a little note with it. You know, personalize it. And, and that's what makes it special. And that's how we build connection and community and, uh, and how we get to tomorrow together. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute 
for you calling the 988 or any of the other 800 numbers. You can chat, talk, text. Um, all the, the numbers are in the show notes. They're in all the show notes. You can call those 800 numbers. Um, if you want one-on-one coaching with yours truly for gambling addiction, um, suicide prevention, finding meaning in your life, you know, you're maybe you're balling out. You, you're checking all the boxes, super accomplished, um, but you, there's no meaning attached to it for you. There's um, some misery in there, right? Go to thrivewithleo.com and, uh, and let's get to tomorrow together.